Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Thanks for tuning in to Power Your Life, and it is about powering your life. So I want to talk about that for a moment, because many people have said to me that they're feeling not only overwhelmed, but they're feeling that they don't have the control in their lives, that that there's too much going on externally, and and they wish that they were able in some way to, to get back that control. And we have just the ticket today. I have a colleague, a friend, and a wonderful international author and speaker, Diana Dentinger, who is the creator of the Personality and Needs Profile. She's an innovative change maker, and Diana inspires people to take a journey to find themselves, just what we need today. She created this personality and needs profile out of 25 years of rigorous scientific brain research, behavior assessments, and a study with top European sociologists. Diana worked as a neurobiology therapist for psychosomatic illnesses, a corporate team building specialist, and a personal growth coach. In her new book, Modus Vivendi, I probably need to laugh at that one, right? Your Life, Your Way, Diana breaks through the mental blocks that we create to help you understand yourself better so that you can live a more fulfilled life that's full of happiness and of health. She guides you on a seven-day journey of self-transformation to discover the real you, to live with courage, confidence, and energy. Diana teaches you how to be you in this life-changing book, and that's what we need. So let's get started. Hello, Diana. How are you? Hey there, Joanne. Well, thanks for having me on. After an introduction like that, I mean, we really need to be like power maniacs now, giving out great stuff. (laughs) What a great introduction. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I feel so... So blessed to have um, made one major decision that really, you know, changed my life. I don't know if you know how I ended up in Europe. I mean, I traveled around Europe as my college graduation present, and I just loved the beauty of Italy, and, and, and I just, you know, called home and said, you know, I'm going to stay. And that decision really put me on a total new path of being away and really having to find myself. So you can imagine being in a foreign country, not knowing anyone, and having to build my life, which is probably why you know, I feel, just like you said in the introduction, you know, people are distracted, there's not enough time, they're overwhelmed. And really this finding yourself is sometimes just taking the journey by yourself. You know, I think it's so important because many of us don't do the self-assessment that we need, and we need to know what our gifts are, who we are, what we're walking around with. But I want to go back a little bit because 
some of the fascination of you is this scientific brain research. What was that about? Well, studying as, well, okay, so even going back further. So I, I started, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, set up a service-based business, lived, you know, four years in Germany, moved to Italy, got into corporate training, and we always used in all of the programs, you know, the basic behavior models. So you're one of four types or you're one of nine types, one of 16 right. types. And I found that it was, um, it was so limiting to how beautiful and amazing a human being is. And so my journey took me to the psychosomatic world, which means the psychosomatic means that you've, you've nurtured thoughts and emotions that are, you know, let's say negative or unbeneficial. And what will happen is those will manifest then as a disorder or disease or, you know, it could be a neck ache or a back ache or it could be, you know, hemorrhoids, hair loss. I mean, any, anything, those, the majority of those kind of things are psychosomatic, which means that after you've nurtured these, these unbeneficial thoughts for a while, after a while there, there's this wake-up call that means it will manifest in your body as, you know, hey, if you really think you can only count on yourself, then I'm just going to raise your cholesterol. So, I mean, I studied, um, you know, about the, the predictability of certain thoughts and, and then the predictability of them creating this disorder or disease or, you know, just ache and pain. And then, and then with this team of therapists, we would help people unblock those by simply giving them key words. Because what we discovered is that then there are key words that will light up in your brain and the, the organs that they're um, connected to, it's all, you know, you can verify it like in a CAT scan, you know. Right. Um, it's, it's, it just, it's, it's just so fascinating. But I wasn't interested in continuing to uh, do the corporate training with this sort of side, um, you know, studying about the psychosomatic illness. But, but I, I found that I was so much more, let's say, intuitive or... Uh, in the corporate training, people were like, how do you know so much about me? And I was like, well, because you're using those key words. And so what I did is I reverse engineered from the psychosomatic illness thing, and I reversed it into what are then the unbeneficial thoughts, and how can we switch those to beneficial thoughts to take people then on their life path? And, it was, you know, it's exciting for me because I, I have – I have that that researcher, uh, you know, essence in me. I, I like to find answers, and for really for the past 15 years, I've been using it in corporate training and with one-on-one -on -one clients. And this is really the first year that I will come out with you know programs for you know people worldwide. So it's you know I I feel like I'm the best kept secret in the self-help industry. <laughs> <laughs> So I, 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 I want to know, like, just tell us what one of those key words are, even though it's a little bit out of context, and, and what, you know, how, what area of the brain does it light up? Well, so you will have predictable, uh, you will have predictable keywords like rancor, right? And that will, that will always affect your liver, and it'll increase your bile, your bile production. Um, uh, you will have words like resistance, and that will increase the consumption of sugar in your pancreas, hence diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, not only do I keyword these to like resistance, 
means you are electromagnetically really holding on. You're like resisting. I want that cake, but I'm not going to have it. No, I really want it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, you know, there's the resistance. It's electromagnetic is what it is, you know. It's balancing the animal instinct with the, that is impulsive and the brain that just is trying to control. You know, the people that are controlling, there's a lot of resistance in them, which means right. that if they continue that dynamic of tug of war, then it will influence the, the pancreas, therefore the sugar production, and they will either binge on sugar or, you know, I, I hate to predict people like going down a path of illness because I don't believe that that is beneficial. Right, because, right. And, yeah, and I, because, because, you know, the brain, this is what I, what I really have, you know, learned. The brain uh, does not decipher between uh, good or bad information. The brain is obliged, we say, obliged to take everything. So that is, you know, that's why we get off our path in life because someone will have criticized us for even when we are in our best, and, and, and all of a sudden we take that as true, you know? Um, so getting back to, like, to the psychosomatics, so there's this, so what, what, what I you know, recommend to a lot of clients with then the predictable archetype, the predictable innate need that, that has already sort of, let's say, been programmed in them at conception because that's proven now too, that we have a genetic imprinting, that we are, you know, we receive uh, not only the color of our eyes and hair and stature at conception, but also at conception there's emotional memory um, that is contained in our DNA. <coughs> so, you know, there's just a lot of, a, a lot uh, that has really been, been, you know, emerging in the scientific world. That, that we can finally, you know, get a hold of and say, wow, I'm going to use that information. So what is the emotional memory that I was programmed with? Oh, I was programmed for resistance. And so that's why I feel this tug of war toward this. So with clients like that, I just tell them top recommendation is either Tai Chi, which is a martial arts of, of harmonizing your energy, or horseback riding, that's great, or even for, you know, boys, uh, let's say rugby, because there's philosophy in that kind of sport. And so, you know, the, 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 the coaching is a very simple, practical, um, you know, feel, the, feel the, the unbeneficial tug of war with your innate personality. Let's switch that to then satisfying the need Right. Let's get you in, you know, a sport or an exercise program or a mindset. Uh, let's get you doing what you love. Um, anyway, you know, I could go on forever. Go ask me another question. <laughs> well, yeah, a couple of things in your book. Let's talk. Let's talk. Sorry, I just had a coughing spasm here. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's psychosomatic also. <laughs> Do you know one of the one of the actually, things that I have actually, this that's not what it was. It was a cough drop. <laughs> a cough. Do you know? Let me let me share a secret. Let me share a secret with the with the audience, um, with the listeners. Um, when our brain goes in fear, because you know we're talking, let's say about something that is fearful. What I found in you know all the training that I've been twenty five years between corporate training and then the one on one clients. 
when people, when either someone says, or if I will say, or there's a context around them that someone says something, people will sneeze because it is our biological response which is, again, you know, when you're talking about the scientific research, the, the sneeze is a biological response to, to throw off fear. And people are amazed in the, in the like, team-building you know, seminars when someone will sneeze and I'll say, okay, that was the key word. And you get this group of 10 people saying, oh, yeah, this was the key word. And then, you know, it's just, you just hone on. That person sneezed on that particular word, what does that say about a fear of what's going on now in their relationships, in their, you know, uh, wealth, prosperity, in their career, in their, you know, free time? What does that say right now? And people click. Something clicks because they became conscious about the fear. It manifested in the sneeze. They understood the key word that triggered the fear, and now they can look at it. It's got a name, right? And right. So, and actually, like it makes you were saying, it easier for them to look at it once it has a name, and 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 they can kind of distance themselves a little bit from it. Don't you think, though, that even though we have certain genetic factors that we come in with at an early age, that there are some things that can be molded and shifted. So it's not like, okay, your life is fixed from day one. Well, you have, your life is not fixed, but you are not a blank slate. You know, you come, you come in with the opportunity to experience, you know, this, handful of things and not that other handful or like a card game you are you know you 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 have this opportunity you're dealt these cards and whether you play them um being you know sad and frustrated or you know guilty or you know ashamed if you play them feeling that you know, oh, you know, I, I want someone else's cards, or why, did, why was I dealt this card? Or you can switch them, because in the card, there's always the win, you know, a personal right. fulfillment. Now, so some you of the can research, look at them and say... Right. Some of the research that, that I've read about and done says that our genetics, yeah, they're important. We come in, like you said, w- w- with that information, and yet... What we do with it, which is really what you're saying, too, what we do with it environmentally, in terms of relationships, in terms of how we live our lives, can actually, and that's sort of like what you're talking about, too. I want to get well, to you, your you, Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to finish that by saying we, we really only have free will when we're conscious. Right. Because when we're not conscious, we all know that we have the animal brain that's going to kick in for survival. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be victim carnivist. It's going to be, you know, it's either him or me. You know, I want the food. I want the territory. I want. Or it's going to be the middle brain. And the middle brain has all of these programs that it just gives an automatic response to things that you've, you know, ways that you've behaved, ever, you know, ever since you were a baby. You cried and you got this. So you learned, you learned that behavior. But that's so far from who you are. You know, that's a whole different existential 
kind of question, right? Well, you raised something very important, and that is the, the, the key word here is being conscious and being and that level of consciousness. And I totally believe that and work that way, too, with my clients. I total, you know, that, that ability, that level of consciousness can really help you shift and create things differently. But we want to talk about your fascinating book. And tell us a little bit about what those needs are. There are many needs, right? And and how do we differentiate? I mean, how do we know what kind of needs that we have? Well, needs needs are what I call biological, which means they are logical to life. <laughs> and we have, you know, Maslow back, you know, whoever studied a little bit right. about, you know, psychology. So Maslow defined the um, human, universal human needs. And, uh, you know, there's just basic, you know, six needs or five needs. Anthony Robbins says there are six. But they're still so generic because there are, that means I am just like everyone else. Of course I need food. Of course I need a job. Of course I need a relationship or a tribe to belong to. And then, Shelter. You know, like, self-esteem. Right. And, yeah. But, you know, what makes me an individual? What makes me unique? And so that's you know, really part of then of my journey with this with the psychosomatic illness therapy um, was so how understanding many, how many needs yeah there are twenty there are twenty two unique individual needs and that study goes back to the Kabbalah which is uh, a study right. they actually originally thought it was part of the, you know, the Hebrew religion, where they've actually found that it goes even farther back, that it's actually, you know, more the, uh, you, you can find it in some kind of either the Sanskrit or the Sumerians, that it, it actually is more antique than that. So you know, in, in, the, in this book of, you know, creation, there are 22 paths to get back to one, you know, to get back to God or whatever, you know, people's, if they have, you know, faith or religious beliefs. So there are 22 paths to get back to one. Um, what I have found is that you will not have to, you are not built or you are not given each of these paths as yours. You are given a handful of these. And so it's important to to follow or to go along that path and do it well. <laughs> and the feed, so, so being that it is biological means that um, it has a lot more to do with your brain and your endocrine system because when you feel energized, you are living your needs. You are fulfilling your needs from the inside. Instead, when you're drained of energy or when you're overwhelmed, it's because you haven't accessed that stuff inside of you. And so your biology, you know, your energy goes down. Um, have you ever done anything that, or, or, you know, even to the listeners, just think about what you really love to do, what energizes you, what makes you, like, like time flies. You know when they say time flies when you're having fun? where you have no concept of time, where things, and, and, and it's the easiest way to discover your needs by just asking your, the, the, yourself that question. What do I naturally love to do? What am I naturally good at? What so do what people are, give me? 
what are some of the needs? Because I, I want to make sure we're covering a lot here. So what are give us an example of a few of the needs that that are in your book that you've identified that people that are that our listeners can can kind of connect around a little bit. Well, you could even you know you can put them in. Uh, we uh, so they are keyworded which means that they will belong, there's categories of words that belong, let's say, belong to each other. So it's important when people uh, identify themselves that they feed themselves with the words, right? So uh, let's, say, let's take an example. Nowadays, especially in our field, a lot of people are talking about change, and a lot of people are talking about transformation. Those are two very separate needs because change, change is the image of like a bicycle wheel. So, you know, you start something and, and you finish it. It's, it has a, a roundness to it. So change is moving forward and it's, it's circular. You know, it's like on a bicycle, bicycle wheel. And people with the need, and I call it the, the, the dynamic need, who really are the change makers, the majority of them love to bicycle. And, you know, it's funny because, like I said, like I said at the beginning, you know, there's, there's predictable sports connected to that. And they are people that predictably on a bad day will start a project and get, like, sort of stuck. So even the word stuck to be immobilized. Those are very typical words of someone with a dynamic need. So what they have to do is then often get outside help, because it's part of the metaphor, it's part of the imagery, get outside help, someone that lifts them up so that wheel continues to move, right? And so they're people that are on the move. They're movers and shakers. So even these are part of their key words that they will even use when they describe the outside world. Because we, you know, our brain only knows us. Our brain only knows ourselves. And so we use to describe the outside world with words that actually describe who we are. You know, so our let talents, me ask, our value let system. Me you, let me ask you this, Diana, because um, if people are reading your book, are they going to be able to come to that that decision in terms of what their needs are and how to figure out who they are based on that and then be able to adjust their lives accordingly to like you know like to live as we're we're saying to live their life on their terms well of course, if people when people emotionally connect to something that resonates, of course, this, this as a prerequisite <laughs> would mean that, that you have an emotional connection. You have lived moments where you felt you know, disconnected emotionally or apathic or, or you know, it intends that, that you want to feel more alive. So when you read the 22 descriptions in the book, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, people have written me, and they're like, oh, yeah, wow, that is so me. Well, of course, if it's so you, what are you going to do to be more of you? Because it's all written right there in the keywords. There's the verb. Let's let's talk a little bit about what some of those keywords are and, and dialogue a little bit about what the meaning is. And, I mean, 
I, I'm only going to be a little guinea pig. Not. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's so take someone. Talking, let's take someone. about activities. I love to dance, and I don't mean your typical dancing. I like spirit dancing, where where it's not like I'm following rules. I'm just kind of, and my dancing is 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 a, is like an homage to to God and to the universe. It feels very freeing and and a way and a, and a, and a way of feel being in gratitude. Okay, now you said two, there's two key word, there's two there's two different archetypes in the words you used. Okay? Oh. So dance is very typical of the independent archetype. Makes sense. And I also have that archetype. I mean, you better, you know, I I go dancing at, at least twice a week. And I am the exact same way. I cannot get into a dance class like you know. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of clubs here that have like the salsa dancing and the, and no, the, right. the Spanish. And you do the steps. No, I have to be my own free, and I just invent and feel. I feel the music and what. That's very typical independent. Right. Because and you describe me because I don't like. Okay, you've got to use your left foot and your right and do this and that. I I like to be able to be free to create and to feel the music and the energy and the emotionality that comes up through that. Now and so that's very typical of the twenty one. Because uh, I also I give them a number that makes them easier. Also, twenty-one independent need loves to dance because the the dance actually signifies lightness. And so, what is something that is heavy? Heavy is the fear. Everything that is fear is heavy. So when we dance, we are fearless. And we are free. So what is, what is our role in life? And I'm sure, you know, both you and I have this, you know, uh, independent uh, archetype probably as our core personality. Right. You know, I, I do. I and which I... means that, that means, that, you know, one, it is important that we look at our fears so we are not conditioned by them. So that's another key word is being conditioned. Mm-hmm. Which means that when we free ourselves from the conditioning of fear, can we then only live, and you can probably guess what it is, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So any, anyone that really, that, that, that has that as a theme or even, you know, let, let's say in, in their business, the, 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 the core of, of really what they do, that's what I say that I do, is that I teach people to love themselves. In the end, when you fulfill your own needs, you love who you are in every moment, and you're not conditioned by what other people say because you're just in your essence. You're in your happiness. You're in your joy, you know? So, And then you said another word about gratitude, and that is the conscientious need. And you, we've, we've talked before even about being conscientious. Conscious. Mm-hmm. conscious. So that's very... And so that is the probably the, you know the the conscientious need is the teacher archetype. So all teachers, the majority of coaches, a lot of managers, because what they do is they get say so, you know let's go back in history. There's like sort of the symbology in history. History was always oral teaching. Why? Because there was 
the you know the leader of the group or you know in in history it was often a religious leader and this religious leader would actually I'll use the word channel hear the voice of one or god or universe so hear the 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 teachings from above from a higher consciousness and then orally transmit those and teach those and guide the people with these teachings so so very often people with a conscientious need will share that they sort of hear voices. I don't know if that goes or is a little bit, you know, yeah. too, too wild for this crowd. No, I don't <laughs> but, think so at all, really. Yeah, because and the, so, those voices are, are it's they're messages. You don't have to be they're higher consciousness. Free next, right. Right. There yeah, was another so, so it's very there was another word in dancing that that's very important to me, and that is joy. Because what it does is it, in that freedom, there is a sense of joy and and just I don't know how to explain it. Joy and lightness and a sense of being fulfilled in that moment, and it's just and it feels very transcendent. Well, do you um, do people do you smile all the time? A lot, except when I'm very when I'm thinking. Sometimes I'm thinking and I <laughs> and I don't look like I'm smiling because I'm just very focused. But yeah, I do. Because I the smilers, smile. the, the 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 smilers <laughs> of the archetypes are the 16 expressive archetype. They are the people, and I'm sure you've seen them. But you know, uh, we haven't you know we haven't seen each other enough live, um, the people that have joy in their eyes that sparkle, the people that always have a smile on their face, those are the people for sure they have the expressive need. And what is expression is that everything that's inside of them is liberated and it comes out like like a champagne bottle. So it's sort of like the metaphor. And they just spray this joy wherever they go and it almost seems like they're they're sort of airy-fairy because they're always smiling. People are like, oh, what are you smiling about? It's just part of their, part of their nature. And, uh, and I found that, you know, the people with that joy, that need for joy, which means it comes, joy is the consequence of this liberating everything they have inside, have been, you know, amazing photographers because they find expression through photography. Or even, um, you know, authors or journalists, they find that expression through the written word, um, or even a little bit of the acting, you know, people that do um, more of the funny, the like comedy kind of thing. So there's a, there's a correlation always well, between, you know, the need and how it drives your behavior to do certain things. How when you fulfill that, you feel, you know, like we do, you know, with the with the independent need, we feel light or the joyful person who's expressive. You know, they feel that. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, life is really this amazingly easy recipe when you just, you know, read the book and you say, yeah, this really resonates with who I am. I'm just going to do this more and be this more. And you plan your day. What I say is, you know, you plan your day on what moves you emotionally, what's meaningful. Because that's even, you know, when you are applying your your innate talents that's the best way to have a, have a fulfilling job, too, and so not even be tired. So let's give, by the way, everything that you said in terms of photography, writing, I mean, that's all me. I don't know if I smile all the time, though, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but my, I think my eyes do. Anyway, 
so let's tell people a little bit about how they, because you're talking about, okay, you, you resonate to these needs and then you can live your life like that. How does that work? I mean, is it just like a switch that you can do with, with your emotions or whatever? How do people, people that have been struggling with their lives or struggling with anger or struggling with different emotions, whatever, how do they suddenly read your book, Diana, and be able to connect to those needs and then something goes off in their head and they, they recognize, well, yeah, like you said, yeah, that's me. That describes me so beautifully. How do they then translate that into daily action? Okay. So I'm a really realistic, practical person. <laughs> and what I found, the first thing that holds people back from being the happy themselves is the facade they put up, you know, sort of like a mask, when they're with other people. So if they have the, the, like the habit in a relationship to always be the nagger, <laughs> the first obstacle they have to come, you know, come or, or move past or jump over, or, you know, the first thing is, is to, to admit up till now I was always nagging you because I wasn't responsible for filling my own needs. And that takes the ego that just has to totally crumble. And it, it takes a lot, of, a lot of just self-confidence to say, wow, before I was only conscious, you know, 50% up until now, I was always nagging you. I was, you know, I've got four kids, so there's a lot of, you know, I could be nagging all day long. <laughs> Socks here, you know, shoes over here, you know, whose, whose turn it is to load the dishwasher and they decide to, you know, watch YouTube videos. And, you know, I could nag all the time. You know, you know there are a lot of people, but, you know, but it's just you really have to overcome that urge to make other people responsible for your unhappiness and to always be projected on the outside. And, 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 and so, you know, because it's not easy from to switch what I found in the majority of people. It's not easy to have had that relationship like, oh, you're the nagger in that person or with that person. And then you're, you know, very servile. You're like the doormat uh, let's say, you know, I know a lot of parents that are doormats for their kids and their kids are just, you know, walking all over and, you know, they would sacrifice anything uh, just so their kids are happy. And then when they say, oh, well, you know, mommy and daddy, we decided that we're going to go out. What? You know, like the idea of getting people used to you owning finally your personality and say, you know what, we're going to make some changes for the better, and I finally, I really found out I, this one, and I'll tell you the story. So this one woman from England, because, you know, in the book, um, you know, I say, well, write me e-messages, you know. Right. And I got all these e-messages. It was really beautiful. And she said, um, she said, uh, I finally understood, you know, the, my, my choice to only work part-time, where I had my mother against me, my sister against me, my friends. Like the whole world said that she could not make this choice to only work part-time. And she said, I, I, I found myself again reading your book 
And she said, and then, you know, I, I, I changed my hair color, and my mother didn't like it. It was the first time in 45 years <laughs> that it didn't wow. phase me. It didn't phase me what my mother said because I felt so whole. I felt finally like, wow, I've always really known what I was supposed to do, and reading this book confirmed this is me. Wow. And, and, and so, like I said, you really – you just have to, you know, show up happier. And when people, you know, make those comments, oh, like, you know, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, would you take the happiness pill or something? Right. You're like, yes, I did. You know, I made do a you, choice. Do you find when people work with you, when they read the book, that there's, again, you know, one of the key words here is that level of consciousness and, and understanding themselves and whatever. Do you find resistance to this? Or is it because many people get stuck in their own ways, do not necessarily want to change. And what, what's, what's the response to people that many people have? Okay. Being, and this is where, you know, I always, I, I go back to the biology. I go back to how the brain is programmed and how the key words reconnect neurons, let's say, let's just put it at that. <laughs> okay. um, when people read a description that even on a subconscious level resonates, there is a biological transformation there is information and consciousness and reconnecting of neurons that goes on that they don't mentally, consciously have to even uh, decide, oh, I'm going to you know, totally plan my day differently now or whatever. It just feeding because they're reading, because they've fed themselves those key words, little light bulbs go off that things happen. It's, so it's happening. And that's why I, I really so like it so much be, right. so because it is. It's happening in spite of themselves, which is fascinating because, like you're saying, something can, they can read a word and, and there's this connection to it and something happens within the brain. And even if they're on some level before they started reading, even, I'm just trying to, to interpret this a little bit for our listeners, even if there's some level of resistance what's going on without their knowledge or, or stopping it or whatever is what you've just described. So, so that there is a connection that happens. There is a shift that happens that takes place in the brain, which then affects the rest of, uh, of who they are. Correct. And then, and then life will unfold life will unfold and then offer you the opportunities to be more of who you are when you responsibly and consciously say, yes, wow, I read the, uh, you know, let's say the, the connected archetype. I am someone who, you know, mediates and negotiates or, you know, I am very much the, the guardian angel of people and I reconcile and, you know, I'm always in the middle, like I'll tell you the story. So, here, so my daughter has the, I'll, I'll give a little bit more information, not to confuse people, but um, just, just to understand the depth. Okay, so when we say, when I say that we inherit emotional memory, 
that means that things go on in our parents' lives, but even way back, I, you know, I can give people lists. There are actually lists of some of the books where, that I researched and researchers and all that in my book. Um, they have shown that there are children who will draw pictures and have not had an experience at age three or four or five of anything like, uh, you know, a, a gas mask or whatever. And, and they will find then that, you know, in their genealogy that the, the, the great-grandfather in the First World War was, that was his biggest fear, is because there were the bombs with the, with, right. the, with the poison gas. And so you have, after two or three generations, the child drawing the picture because that is what we call emotional, inherited emotional memory, that you have a lot of that information in you. So she was given, let's say, that as part of her project in life, <laughs> you know, to, to overcome work, right. to work, the fear really. of a great-grandfather. Right. So what I, what I found very often is in the connected archetype, um, uh, the, the parents, or let's say the mother, either had an abortion or a miscarriage before that child. So, um, for example, I had a miscarriage, and then my daughter, born, you know, after, after a year, uh, she has the connected archetype. And, you know, even when she was five years old, she would come home from kindergarten and say, Mommy, it is so funny how my friends in the playground, they always call me to break up the fight between two other friends. Because your, your archetypes, you know, these needs, these 22 needs that I talk about, have an energy that naturally, like when I was saying before, things will unfold, that you will be put in situations to use the best of your abilities. So she is obviously the go-to person because a connected person is the mediator. They are the person in the middle. And when I tie that back symbolically then to like an abortion or a miscarriage, of course that child is the middle because they are actually the middle between a baby who has died and is, you know, in heaven or, you know, uh, whatever word someone would use. They are sort of the mediator between heaven and earth. And That's so what I found is a lot of the people in the angel industry, <laughs> um, um, they are also connectors because they have sort of, it's like having a gold little cable or line that connects them to um, the, the angel realm, to people yes, that well. have, you know, Right. We're running out of time, but, but uh, my mother had a miscarriage of twins right before me, and then she had me. So Wow. So are twins more significant than not? <laughs> but, and I well, twins have, had, uh, there's, this, had, there's interesting things about twins, yeah. Okay, but, it, but if she had twins, I obviously wouldn't have been here, I'm sure of that. Cause I well, don't do think you she, feel like you're a connector? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, well, I, it's, it's just yeah. very, what I found is that it is so, it is so predictable. I mean, even at the very beginning of our talk, we, I talked about, like, the dynamic person, the person that changes. Right. You know, during, during the, the mother's pregnancy or before, um, they, they were just maybe moving houses, and they were concerned about, well, do we move into a bigger house, or how much is it going to cost? And, and so very often 
during the pregnancy, there's a move as in into a different house, and that's what makes the person a dynamic mover is because when they were in their mother's belly, they also even moved homes. There's, you know, there's just a predictability you know, between... Right. I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but this, but but we are running out of time, and I want and I want people. I think everybody needs <laughs> this book because you're going to find yourself within it. You're going to be able to negotiate or renegotiate the world that you live in based on these needs, based on on your responses to them. And I think it's it's a really an incredible masterpiece on so many different levels so diana we could do this and i would have loved to go into more of my needs and present them to people too just you know and as an example but we don't have time for that maybe another interview tell people how they can get a hold of this book how they can connect with you so that they can really get to that sense of freedom to live their life on their terms well, yeah, I, uh, you know, even though the book is has a very long title, but if you take the title of the book dot com, so it's modus vivendi your life your way dot com, and what I have now on the website is you can actually download the audio version. So oh. you know, just yeah, and, and because what I've even I offered um, when I launched the book in November. I offered that also, and people were writing me emails, and they said, Diana, to hear you tell the book is so fantastic. And so I said, well, you know, I'm not going to sell it. I'm just, you know, I want the book to get out there, whether you read it or whether you listen to it, because now people are so busy that often that is just the, the thing to do. Listen for, a, really, listen for a half an hour for a week, and you will be a different person. One, because you'll understand yourself, and so, you know, even take notes. And then also you... What, what, what happens with people is that you will listen to the description of the needs and you're like, oh, my gosh, that is my, you know, my father. Oh, my gosh, that is my boss. Oh, my gosh. So and then all of a sudden you even release the tension of the difference or the things you didn't understand about other people. So it's, 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 a, it's a total win for any kind of relationship because you appropriate yourself with who you are. And then so you start give, to be able to identify the people you're with. And you're like, wow, they just have that need. That's why they're talking that way. That's Diana, why they like to do people, that thing. Diana, give people your website because we're running out of time, and I don't want people to miss out on both the audio and also to how to be holding this gem in their hands. Tell people the website. Okay. Yeah, so Modus Vivendi, Your Life, Your Way, and so that's M-O-D-U-S-V-I-V-E-N-D-I, Your Y-O-U-R, life, L-I-F-E, your, Y-O-U-R, way, W-A-Y, dot com. Or real simple, you can go to any of my Diana Dettinger, that's my name, full name, Diana, D-I-A-N-A, Dettinger, D-E-N-T-I-N-G-E-R. You can also go to dianadettinger.com, the same offer. You can look on my Facebook posts. Google Modus Vivendi on Amazon, and you know it'll come up. Do it on YouTube, wherever. But um, yeah, I'm so happy to share the book with uh, with with your readers, and thank you so much for having me here. 
Thank you. It's actually been very enlightening. And again, people, this is a very, this is an important book for you. It's, it's really about you and for you to help you really live your life your way. Diana, thank you so much for being a guest and for all of the enlightening information that you share today. Well, thank you, Dr. Joanne. You rock too, baby. <laughs> all right. Have a blessed day. Take care. Okay, thank you, and thank you to all the listeners. Next week, we are having Sue Erda, who is going to be talking about the transform, the transformative power of feeling good, first of all, of feeling good. And that's next Wednesday, April 20th. If you've missed any of this show today, you can go to Blog Talk Radio. You can also check out my website, Dr. Joanne, D-R-J-O-A-N-N-E-W-H-I-T-E.com. Take a look at some of the articles and some of the upcoming shows and events. This is Autism Aware Month, and in honor of that, my book, More Heaven, Because Every Child is Special, is on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and OutskirtsPress.com and soon to be in bookstores. So remember that you are an incredibly powerful human being and you need to tap into that. And as Diana and I were talking about today, it's about being conscious. That's your first step to living life your way. Thanks so much for being a part of my life and a part of this journey. And remember to share your gifts with the world. Have a blessed day wherever you are. Thanks again. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit docwhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.